You're listening to Housewives on Display with Jay. And Jay. Um, how are you doing? I'm doing well. How are you doing this evening? Oh. You're giving me phone sex operator. Ooh, oopsie. <laughs> I didn't even mean to turn it on. Is this late night radio? Oh. <laughs> <laughs> Honestly, with the content we're covering, it might just be. You know what? I'm actually glad I introed this with a sexy voice because this is sexy content. This is kind of a special episode. Um, we say that about every episode. <laughs> <laughs> um, but this is a special episode because we are covering um, non-bar related content today. We're actually going to cover the new show Sweeping the Nation and it's called P-Valley. And, you know, and I, I think it's going to be a good show from what I've seen thus far. So let's just jump into it. Okay, so we are covering, like I said, P-Valley, episode one, season one, and it's called Perpetrating. Um, just to give you a quick blurb, because I, I kind of like, like what they said um, describing the episode. Autumn night, a mysterious beauty with a harrowing past washes up on the shores of the pink seeking employment. Mercedes Sundays, a night headlined by the club's OG, brings unexpected trouble from a number of patrons. (laughs) (laughs) First of all, that. (laughs) Literally, I'm grinning ear to ear this whole time. It's literally, I'm just listening. I'm so excited to talk about this. It's so funny. It's so much content. Like, there's so much to get into. So, even before getting into it, what are your first impressions? So my history with the show is I've been watching the show since about episode two, I want to say. And I have to give all credit to my sister, Kay. She put me on. She made me watch. So um, so when I initially heard about it, she, t- she framed it in a way that she said, this show, I watch the show. And it reminded me of you. Like, I feel like you should watch it. And I was like, okay, like, that's fine. Because, you know, we love our only cams and we love all sex work, any of it, any content about it, I'm willing to watch. I'm interested. So it being a scripted show, I'm like, oh, okay, they're like, that's fun. So seeing it all play out is pretty interesting. Without getting into the details of it, my two favorite characters in the show are not characters that, like, you would think they would be so like I automatically love that I love you know black power I mean goes without (laughs) saying (laughs) I love that the protagonist of the show I really don't like I love a show where I usually don't like the person we're supposed to be rooting for and so all of those things it has going for it so I'm super into that and the ladies are athletic which we don't even have to get into that yet but that is so impressive and I'm oftentimes impressed where are you at with it? Um, well, okay, so so I am um, a Twitter junkie. I'm always on Twitter. And I had been seeing like a, quite a few people talking about this show, P-Valley, P-Valley. I'm like, what is that? Like, okay. Then, and we'll get into that later, but somebody had posted an interview that one of the characters had done. And I was immediately, because that's the easiest way to get my attention, I was immediately struck by his beauty. And so I did some further investigations, and I realized 
he's on this show that everyone's talking about, P Valley. And then Jay and I were just talking one day, and she mentioned the show. And I'm like, okay, everyone's talking about P Valley. Like, I need to get in on this. It's either really good or it's really bad. Because sometimes, you know, people hype things up and it's not that good. There's always a risk when it's hyped up that it could fall short. Exactly. Yeah. So, but, you know, when I heard it was about, like, the South strippers and intrigue, I was like, I mean, it can't be that bad. So, yeah. Let me just say to y'all, I think I started today is what, Tuesday? I think I started watching this on Sunday, maybe Saturday, and I already finished five episodes. Somehow I managed to binge five episodes in only like a two to three day span. So if you want my stamp of approval, if you want me to tell you that it's good, I mean, just use that information and and do with what you will. Yeah, I mean, that speaks for itself. I'm so excited to like get like the season is already great I can't wait to see what season two brings I'm so glad they got renewed so we already have that stress off our chest because I can't take a one season wonder so that's all good exactly yeah um but again before we go forward just know this show is explicit so our explanations and our review is going to be explicit I don't know if I need to do that little warning beforehand this don't, like, this um, don't, don't play this with the kids in the car don't I don't know expect anything more than explicit because it's going to be x-rated <laughs> <laughs> just know from this point on we're giving you our nice you know I'm at work voice but just know from this point on it's, it's about to get yeah. anything can happen yeah anything, anything can happen, happen. Mm-hmm. so the episode starts off and it's a flood scene, which I'm assuming is like Hurricane Katrina or... Yeah, I assume the same thing. Or the show's equivalent, I should say. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. Um, so, yeah. So we see shoes floating, cars floating. And then we see this suitcase floating. And it's just ambling down the river. And then this woman digs it out of the water opens it up and finds some Louboutins in there, finds some nice shoes, nice shirt, a wallet. And the wallet has new IDs, like, you know, IDs, cards, whatever, etc. The name on the ID is Lakeisha Savage. Right off the rip, I also want to mention there's a YSL bag in there. And Lakeisha Savage? Like, what the fuck kind of name is that? I don't... It's not even a Lakeisha. Honestly, it's the Savage part. I actually think I know somebody in real life whose last name is Savage, and that is the wildest thing I've ever heard in my life. You know, like, I would never change my name. Ever. (sighs) It's so dope. But Lakeisha Savage together is funny. I don't know. For some reason, Lakeisha Solo, maybe it's not as funny, but with a Savage last name, it's hysterical. Well, it sounds like its own, like, it sounds like a fake ID in and of itself. <laughs> like, that's like <laughs> what I would put in if I'm, like, 19 I'm trying to get a fake ID. I'm like, ooh, mm, who am I? I guess I'll just be Lakeisha Savage. Like, you know what I mean? Like, that's what it sounds like anyway. 
So very McLovin like. Very McLovin. Yeah. So this character who we're just assuming is probably gonna steal this suitcase and steal this identity of Keisha Savage. Um, is on the bus. The bus takes a stop. She sees a pink light in the horizon. I mean, can we get into the fact that they have her looking strung out and beat up? So we know that she's not only just like dirty from whatever this flood was, she also looks battered. She's been and, like, the, yeah. her, her lip is bruised. Her fro is not moisturized. Yeah. And they have her like, she's like barely able to stay awake. She just looks a mess. And so, like I said, she sees this pink light in the distance, calling her like the drinking gourd. And she follows and walks through the bushes, walks through, I don't say it's not the jungle, but I don't know, walks through this shrubbery and is going to go the distance, presumably to this pink light. And that's the end of her bus journey. Yeah. So she picks up her bag and she walks through the marsh and she gets to the pink and she completely like abandoned you everyone who's taking a bus trip knows when you get off for a rest break and they go like okay we're leaving in five minutes and you make sure everyone's back on the bus so in front of the bus driver she just walks off and i just found that so odd the way she walked it's like of course she was leaving anyway but it was just she could have left like i don't know kind of secretly she waited until he was like hello and she said nothing and just walked off right so and then the next scene before the credits she shows her in a the bathroom. There's scissors around her. She's cutting hair. There's hair dye. You know, et cetera, et cetera. She looks in the mirror. Now she has shoulder length, straight hair. I mean, obviously, in, me, in my opinion, it's a wig. But, um... <laughs> and in my opinion, it's a wig. And the wig is jet black. Instead of, like, earlier, she had, like, a lighter brown with some blonde highlights. Right. And then we get to the credits. Love the credits. Love the song. Right. Really good. Um, for anybody that's out there that has watched True Blood before, beginning of the credits, like before like the strippers come on and do their little thing in the credits, right, be- like, right before, it gives me very True Blood, Down by the Bayou vibes. So that's just a note for anybody that has ever watched the show. Okay, so the next scene right after the credits we introduced to none other than the pink. Which you could also presume is where those pink lights were coming from in the distance. Mm-hmm. Um, and it's looking like the club is jumping. Like there's a, there's a line out the door. We go inside and there's plenty of people in here. Plenty of money going around. Plenty of ass shaking. Shake that, pop that, jiggle that fat. <laughs> <laughs> and I guess we're just getting introduced to our main location for the show. Mm-hmm. Just seeing what it's like. It's a nice local spot. You could tell it's like, you know, it's got its regulars. It's a spot around town that people know about. And it just feels like kind of homey. So we're all just getting introduced, you know, laying the groundwork, seeing what it looks like there. Um, and so then now we're in the girls' dressing room. Um, the main three characters that we see, uh, we see this white girl and her name is Gidget. We see this girl in a souped up diamond encrusted green, lime green bikini, Mm -hmm. who we'll find out is Mercedes, one of the main characters. 
one of their friends comes running in and she has like this whole gash on her forehead and apparently while she was dancing somebody had poured some beer and she slipped and hit her head and she needs somebody to finish her turn yes and her name <laughs> is Mississippi Miss Mississippi mm-hmm. right off the bat I hate the name Gadget or Gidget yeah I'm, I was really confused as to why they were naming her Gidget like Mercedes is a fine name. Mississippi is a fine name. We're not there yet, but Autumn Nights is a fine name, I guess. Um, but Gidget, it's not. I don't like that word. I don't. I don't like the word. Period. So like, that threw me off. So the next scene, we're back outside, and we get introduced to the character that made me want to watch. Mm-hmm. His name is Diamond. And he ah! is a dancer at the pink. Just to describe his look, he looks ah! like <laughs> he looks like what Drake wants to look like. He looks like what Drake thinks he looks like, I should say. When I saw this and Kay told me about this man, as soon as I saw him, I texted her and I said, this is what people see in Drake that I don't see. This is the Drake I want to see. If Drake at his fullest potential dreams to be this thing. And I like that. Oh, I like that. Woo! Just a fine specimen. Like, what are you do? Like, what are you doing looking like that? Just tall and swollen <gasps> and bearded and tatted and whoo. Anyway. He has a nice strong eyebrow. He's just like a good looking, a nice lip. It's just like everything you want and need from a fellow. He's got that. Just like a man. Mm-hmm. Looks like he got a little booty, too. Like, ugh. <laughs> he got a little diamond earring in. I mean, <laughs> I'm just... I'm here. I'm here. So, our character, our woman on the loose, who has stolen Lakeisha Savage's identity, for now, we'll call her Lakeisha Savage. Mm-hmm. Until we're introduced to a proper name. Until further notice. Right. So she gets on the line. She's talking to my man and he's charging her 30 for the club and some guy before her just paid 20. And then, you know, she's trying to challenge it because we could presume that she doesn't have that many coins to her name. But Uncle Clifford's rules, it says men, $20, bitches, 30. No funny money, no bullets and no motherfucking chips. (laughs) Period. And that's it. But yeah, so it's just interesting that she's fumbling around for money in her wallet. And of course, at that very moment, she looks over and she sees Booty Battle, Amateur Night, $50. And the prize is that and a buffet hot plate. <laughs> <laughs> and the, the terminology hot plate was used multiple times within this episode. And I screamed every single time. They referred to like a prize for a Booty Battle Amateur Night being a hot plate. Huh. What kills me is that you're only getting fifty dollars. <laughs> right. Do you want to add another zero on the end of that? Oh, At so least it was five hundred. Okay. That also should be a sign that we're at a little like the budget is low. Keep that in mind. Like this is all setting the scene. It's like, oh, only fifty dollars in a hot plate? Like they threw in the hot plate because they knew fifty dollars was not enough. But I you know what? I don't think the hot plate makes up for it. I think I would have rather another zero on that. 
so anyway, so we're now we're inside the club. We're back inside. Now we're working under Mercedes. Mercedes is in this private room giving somebody a good old lap dance. And he just keeps ignoring the house rules to keep his hands to his damn self. So he's Mercedes, seeing all that ass and he can't help but want to grab. But hold up. That ain't the rules. That's not the rules. Now, Mercedes and OG, so she knows how to handle herself. So she takes a beer bottle, smashes that shit, and <laughs> and uh, presses the shards against this man's neck. And then my husband Diamond comes in to save the day. <laughs> I'm not always there where you call, but I'm always on time. He walks in. Maybe you wanted him to walk in when he grabbed her in the crotch region, but no, he came right on time as she shivved that man with that beer bottle. And kicked him out the back. And then we get introduced to my queen. Well, without further ado, honey. The queen that we speak of is Uncle Clifford, sweetie. <laughs> <laughs> the grand dame of the pink. The Uncle Clifford. The grand dame of the pink of this fine establishment. None other than my non-binary queen, Uncle Clifford. Uncle Clifford comes out as Diamond is throwing out this um, this man. And the cops pull up. So at first you're like, okay, like what's what's going on? And then we realize Uncle Clifford and this cop seem to have some sort of history. History. So they're not supposed to be selling alcohol here according to some new law put in place by the new mayor or governor or whatever. Who's a hating ass in case you can't tell. Right, because I, like Uncle Clifford, is wondering how you're supposed to have some titties without some tequila. Like, <laughs> they go hand in hand. So you're already trying to shut me down and you're trying to slow down my business by putting this ordinance in place. But clearly, Uncle Clifford has some sort of deal with this cop so that the shutdown doesn't happen. A don't ask, don't tell policy where he hands him a hot plate, he opens the hot plate, there's single dollar bills in there, and the sheriff drives off. Wait, I was actually crying when he handed him the, the like, the, you know, the to-go box. Mm-hmm. And he said, I better take this home before it gets cold. <laughs> <laughs> before that money gets snatched back because you ain't do what you were supposed to do, which was walk away. Exactly. Uncle Clifford also refers to it as the warehouse of sin, which, love that also. Um, uh-huh. yes. so just to give you some detail on Uncle Clifford so like we said um, he's a tall queen he has his hair laid I mean baby hairs laid there's even some hair jewelry in today I mean there's curls there's inches I mean what more could you need highlights Absolutely. nails on long and jewel encrusted um, this is the only time bejeweled is acceptable okay this is on the only person that i'm willing to accept anything blingy from okay right because she also has a frosty lip on okay i am willing to accept it on her Mm -hmm. and i'm not um we're not at the episode but i will let you know when she wore the most iconic look i think i've ever seen um but that's in a few episodes so no they just know that it's a look head to toe every time not a miss Jewelry, hair, glam, clothes, accessories with a jacket. It's all of it's tied together. I mean, she has to hold it down and she can't 
get disrespected by these locals, okay? She has and to carry herself like a royal, and she does. Right, and let's get into the beard work, because the design that never that's seen. Sw- I've never seen this co- anything quite like this. It's like a little slice on it. I can't even describe it, but just know the beard work is there also, honey, okay? Yeah, there's a full goatee, and it connects, and it's like low-key a full beard, but you would have to see the decorations within the beard and the cut work that you're not able to see. We can't explain to you. You've never seen anything like it. So now we're following Uncle Clifford back into the um, back into the pink. She goes into the dressing room, and now she's interviewing the amateur booty battle bitches on um, and asking them their names. So first girl comes up. He's like, your name better not be no Alizé. <laughs> of course. And then she says, let me think then. So she's <laughs> off to the side. The next girl's name is Strawberry. Next one is Blue Cinnamon. And then the next one is our character. Lakeisha Savage, formerly known as, currently known as what? Autumn Night. Mm-hmm. And they all laugh at her and they say, oh, look at you trying to be poetic and shit. They also tell her that she needs to change her outfit because she, this woman literally has like work clothes on. She got like a pencil skirt and a and a flowy blouse on. Like wherever Lakeisha was when the storm took, she was clearly on her way to a high end business meeting. Right. It's looking like more and more that Lakeisha might have been either some high end businesswoman or a high end escort. Mm-hmm. Either way, businesswoman both ways, honestly. Right, it's fine either way, but the clothes are not appropriate for what Autumn Night is about to do. So then we fast forward and we're in Uncle Clifford's, I guess, office. And Mercedes walks up and she hands Uncle Clifford, I guess, essentially, her two weeks notice. Um, (laughs) (laughs) But it, it is in the form of this advertisement saying Mercedes last dance right so that already puts us on well puts that on our radar that Mercedes's last dance is coming at some point and from what we've seen she seems to be the HBIC right she has her own day she has a Mercedes Sunday so by the end of the month she's saying Mercedes Sunday will be no more and again not skipping ahead at all, I just find it very funny that this heathen, she dances on Sundays. It's back to Autumn Night. Sounding all poetic and shit. They always introduce her name and then say that. It's actually hilarious. Um, yeah, every girl has their intro and that's hers. Sounding all poetic and shit. And that's hers. So we get into this outfit that she had to buy um, at, at the pink. And it's like this sheer blue but it's like you might as well have not had it on because it's very sheer. So she's and the clothes stage, are flimsy, very flimsy. She's on stage and she's dancing. She's feeling it, and I guess the crowd is feeling her too. And we find out that she won the battle. What's wild is I'm watching this and I'm thinking she's pretty stiff. That's what I thought. I was like, well, I'm looking at this montage. Because the way they're cutting it up is like they're doing like a little montage. So you're not really seeing like her full routine. 
And then she's also, I guess, maybe having flashbacks. I couldn't tell if she was having these flashbacks or they're just trying to show us where she, what she's been through in life. But what's what they're showing in the flashbacks is her clearly being abused by somebody in some way and almost um, getting shot at, but somehow clearly escaping it because now she's on stage with Pink. I took that to be a flashback because, you know, that hunger, that aggression. She's fighting her past and she's having these flashbacks. She's saying, well, we she kind of has PTSD, so I imagine she's having these flashbacks, and she's like, I just gotta dance for my life. I gotta get this $50. It's the difference between me living and dying. You know what I mean? Right. So, by the looks of her routine, I could just tell that she's probably not... I don't know if these other women are strippers in real life. Maybe Mercedes is. At the very least, they're athletic. Right, or some sort of, like, gymnast or something. Maybe Mercedes and Gidget. Not I know Miss Mississippi isn't like she's an actress because when Mercedes does her things, it's like a it's like a real routine, and I don't think they that's no body double, okay? Yeah, that's why it's okay. I'm like this woman who's doing Mississippi is a stunt double. I know it. So Uncle Clifford comes back and she gives the winner Miss Autumn Knight her fifty dollars and tells her not to spend it all at the nail salon. Autumn inquires about a job at the pink. She asked for a job application more specifically. <laughs> right, she asked for a job application. To which they clowned her and said, bitch, this ain't a Walmart. And then Uncle Clifford, ever the fair and equal opportunity employer, decides to give her a second look. She says that her ass has a nice jiggle to it. And her titties look like two little bee stings, but if she works harder, she can get some bigger ones. <laughs> yeah, save up and you can buy. And she has nice teeth and a good grade of hair. A wig. Right. So which to, to which Autumn Knight replies that she has Indian in her family, which is the quintessential black line. And um, Mercedes then clowns her and says that that's Peruvian bundles. <laughs> Thank you, Mercedes. <laughs> Thank you, Mercedes, for being the honest one. A hater, but and honest. Right. And Uncle Clifford says, um, you can start tomorrow, girl. Since she needs somebody to replace Mercedes anyway. And it's funny to see Mercedes is clearly getting territorial, but it's like, you're leaving. Yeah, Mercedes is really trying to get really um, territorial, but like, it's just coming off as like really extra, in my opinion. The next scene, Autumn Night is <laughs> some, some sort of uh, <laughs> some sort of shanty town some sort of shanty apartment um, there's newspaper on the windows instead of drapes um, I guess is that an air mattress or I don't know something quick it screams to be no, quick it's just, yeah it's just like um, just a dirty mattress on the floor obviously no box spring and this woman is drinking alcohol she spills it on her phone. What was on her phone? It was a picture of some little girl. We could presume it's probably her child. <laughs> She's staring at it drunkenly like you could tell there's so many thoughts running through her mind. And she's like acting stupid and goofy. And she, well, that's a common thread throughout this, I might I add. But she's acting <laughs> fucking goofy and she knocks over her shit. It's like if the only thing you care about right now is that phone, how are you so careless as to knock your shit over on it? 
Right. She spills the liquor on it. Her phone starts tweaking because, you know, waterlogged, which is also not realistic. <laughs> Most <laughs> phones these days, if you spill something <laughs> like that on them, they wouldn't like immediately start like, beep, 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 beep. like they wouldn't do that. But the thing I, I just assumed because maybe it had the cracks, maybe it was seeping in in a major way. You know, like once you okay. have the cracks, it can mess up the screen. So that's what I was assuming. Because she then okay. later puts it in a bag of rice. So I just assumed all that. I mean, it's not relevant. Moral of the story is she's she's screwed because the only thing she has from her old life is this phone. <laughs> right. So she starts screaming into the night, and um, <laughs> it's, it's fine. Next scene, we see Mercedes at church. Now, everyone else is standing and praising the Lord. Mercedes is sitting down. The uh, collection plate goes around. And we see Mercedes put in her, you know, her tithe. But it's from the wallet from the man that she had gotten kicked out of the club last night. And he's actually also there at church. And he sees her um, put his $100 bill in <laughs> in the collection plate. Mm-hmm. And she looks at um, him like, yeah, I did. And that's what happened. Yeah. And so I guess it's Mercedes' mom that's singing and dancing at the front, we can assume, also. Yes. And she's performing. She's been, obviously, she caught the Holy Ghost a couple minutes before the scene took place. And so she's just acting it out and she's loving it. And you can tell she's really thriving on the mic. And the pulpit is her calling. Exactly. Mm-hmm. Um, really jumping, dancing, singing, speaking in tongues, you know. <laughs> right. So the next scene, we're just seeing like a little montage of this town. Um, we see a sign and it says Chocolisa, mm-hmm. which boots on the ground. Is that a real city name? Mm-hmm. It's a thing. But the one okay. that they're showing is a relevant thing is in Tennessee. Oh. Uh, so it's really like kind of... But I think they're, yeah, I think they are trying to be in Mississippi in this one. Mm-hmm. Yeah, no, so then they probably just like, you know, there's low-key, every name you think of is you. So maybe it's, they think it's a unique name. It's not really, like, a city where they are, so it's, yeah, it's kind of made up. So, right, because we're supposed to be in Mississippi, so, but Chocolisa, Mississippi. Um, and, you know, they're just giving us a look of the city, and clearly it's, like, a poor city, <laughs> quite frankly. Mm-hmm. It's a shanty town um, a little bit. You know, mattresses on the ground, which I'm sure is where Miss Autumn Knight found hers from. <laughs> the real quick mattress. That's like exactly what a quick mattress mattress is. Those mattresses on the ground. Right. You can't afford a mattress firm. You get your mattress from the ground on Chuckalisa. Mm-hmm. And, um, you know, we see a man on a horse. And that's how you know you're in the hood because hood men love to be on a horse. I don't know where they get these horses from, but... Especially in the South. Especially in the South, you're just going to see a lot of... Horse people. Men in the hood. <laughs> right. And then so we're back at the pink, and these guys are, like, throwing stuff out into some sort of garbage, but they're also picking something out of the garbage, so it's clearly some sort of front. Mm-hmm. And then there's this man taking pictures of them while they're doing this. Right. So, hmm. We it was see, giving me okay. it was giving me A from Pretty Little Liars vibes. I was like, ooh, who is this person that's seems to right. be this omnipresent force? Right. Who is this mysterious man who's taking pictures who's sitting in a nice car compared to his Chuckalisa surroundings? Mm-hmm. 
First of all, I just love the name Chocolisa, so I'm going to keep saying Chocolisa. And if you'll notice, this guy who's taking the um, bag out is kind of Uncle Clifford's right-hand man. This guy, I like to call Suge Knight. He definitely looks like a Suge Knight. So, next scene, we see Uncle Clifford, and she's in her home. She's getting ready. She's putting on a suit, honey, a suit and an ascot and a, and a, and a hat. She takes off the wig. She pops off the acrylic nails. Mm-hmm. And she is about her money and about her business. So she goes on down to a little check cash and plays little, little, um, you know, county clerk to pay the bill on the pink, presumably. And the lady at the teller tells Uncle Clifford, listen, sweetie, it's either money as in cash or a money order from now on because you keep keep signing these faulty ass checks and they keep bouncing and we're not about to play these games with you no more. And they, my favorite part is they, the camera pans to behind her. There's a wall <laughs> of all, like, it's low-key, like, mug shots, but it's just photos of everyone who's, you know, on the naughty list for checks. And there's Uncle Cliff with, you know, braids to the side with the hip-hop, looking real sassy. And she like, uh-uh, sweetie, you didn't even have to use that picture. Like, look at what you're doing. You're trying to, you're trying to start with me because I would have given you a better picture. I would have had a better one. Fuck you. Obviously, we know the pink is in some sort of financial strain. Right. And then on the way out, Uncle Clifford makes a note to all the patrons like, look, you can come cash your check down in my spot. We'll do it even cheaper. This lady is racist. Come to the pink. Now, where I'm getting confused at is you cash checks. I guess when you're trying to make money, you'll do anything. But how do you have the ability to do that? That doesn't sound like some business you just get into because you sound because it's like, ah, whatever. I And today I I don't know. I could take your check and cash it like, OK, whatever that means. Again, I mean, I don't have the hungry spirit, so I don't know what people get into. But I'm sure if you needed to make a couple of dimes, a couple of dollars, you're going to do and you're going to find out what you got to do. I just wanted to know the business model on it and what it takes to bust into the industry, because. I wouldn't mind doing that, but okay. That's just for me. So we see Mercedes and she's in this little, I guess, this little track field. She's with these girls, um, young girls, training them, it seems like. Sunday afternoon practice. So we see the lady that was speaking in tongue last Sunday, and we are correct that is her mother. She seems to be trying to collect some money out of Mercedes, and she Mm -hmm. refers to it as booty money. But so first of all, her mom is just known to pop up. Okay. Her mom loves to just keep an eye on things. So she, among other things, she, um, she's always asking for booty money. All right. She's just coming to be nosy. On top of being nosy, why is the mom always hitting a pen? Right. <laughs> Who is this lady? I'm not understanding her character uh, because that doesn't look like a jewel to me. That looks like it has some THC in it. So what is the mama doing getting geeked on a daily basis, all day, every day, even in the church, I'm sure. But my thing is like, right, so you're doing that, but you're coming over here asking me for money and you're calling it booty money? I'm like, girl, what you're not about to do is judge me for this money that you clearly need. And you're not about to judge me while you hitting this pen in front of me. 
First of all, we found out from the first scene that Mercedes smokes because when Mississippi came in, she said, can someone finish my set? And Mercedes said, she'll do it. She said, okay, I'll owe you a blunt. She said, you owe me more than that. So you could ask her if she want to hit it a pen too since you just a God-fearing woman you're supposed to be given. What's up with that? Clearly all she does is take from Mercedes. Mm -hmm. Become very clear within the first 30 minutes of the show. So after that terrible um, <laughs> ordeal at the check cashing place, Uncle Clifford comes and tells her girls that there is some new shipper mat. Now they have to give her $4 off of the lap dances that, she, that they do, 15% off the private rooms, and they have to pay stage rent and tip out beforehand. This seems to be a problem for everyone. I don't know the baseline Right, the industry standard, I'm not sure what that is. And at the very least, we know it's more than what they were being charged before, so of course they're not happy. Exactly. Um, and then we also are told that, obviously, Mercedes Sundays are a very big deal, and they bring in, presumably, the uh, biggest amount of cash flow that the pink sees during the week. Mm -hmm. Next scene is Miss Mississippi, a.k.a. Keyshawn. Comes in, strolling with her baby. Now we know she got the baby. And she has a black eye. A busted lip, a black eye. She still has that gash from the other day. She just looks fucked up. And because the pink is a community, honey, friends and Uncle Clifford watch the baby. You know, they say it takes a village. And it's quite clear that it does. And that village is the pink. This is... Come one and come all down to the pink. If you need some money, if you need some sisterhood, if you need a, a nanny, if you need food for the night, please come down to the pink. Also, if you need first aid care, because Uncle Clipper is patching her up something nice. You know, they do the classic, like, what's going on? She's doing the I fell kind of bid. And then Uncle Clifford, she's like, listen, I, I smell some bullshit. And then Keyshawn tells us that, you know, uh, she's, which is very clear that she's getting her ass beat. Right. So just know that for her storyline and obviously for what could come. We're wondering who are all these ladies in relationships with? Of course, we're going to have to like take stock of that eventually. So knowing that she's with, you know, an abusive piece of shit is good to know. Um, and it's also a good scene to see just because it just shows that obviously Uncle Clifford cares for her girls. So. Mm -hmm. Next scene, we see our lovely ladies getting ready to take the stage. <laughs> and also, simultaneously, Uncle Clifford's little check cashing side hustle <laughs> <laughs> seems to be going down because there's a whole bunch of people lined up on the other side of the club bringing a checks to get cashed. <laughs> we'll see how that goes. But next scene, somebody pulls up in a Hummer. Yeah, that's why I'm like, this must be set during Katrina times because Hummers, I don't know when the last Hummer model was released. It wasn't recently. Not released. <laughs> <laughs> I just don't think like Hummers are it. Like, I feel like, you know, people get G-Wagons now. I don't even <laughs> think they make Hummers, though. I think I'm saying like, I don't think that's even a thing anymore. Really? Yeah. Hmm. Yeah, it's honestly unclear as to what year this is supposed to be. I mean, I guess not modern day, but that was also never made clear. So I don't know. Yeah, it's not too far off. It's obviously sometime in the 2000s, but if it's 2020 or if it's 2002, who knows? Right, but then they're also playing modern music. So, I mean, do with that information what you will. Yeah. But, um, yeah, so it's this guy. This guy jumps out. He seems to be, you know, 
some sort of I don't even know how to describe him. He gives me now this person that you know I'm always I'm quick to give a moniker to someone. He's plies to me. He gave me very plies energy when I first saw him. Mm. It's the grill. It's something about like he kind of looks a little dirty. It's the tats, and the, they also kind of have the same. I don't know. They have the same kind of country ass accent. It was a vibe for me. So he gives me plies energy off rip. He's not very plies like in personality, but at least from looks, he's plies to me. So they're putting some money in this little Louis bag, and they're doing some sort of skeezy deal where they're like, "What is it?" They were pouring something over, like they were putting of- like some bricks in the bag or something to like make it heavier. Right, to make it seem like the bag was heavier, to make it seem like the, the bag was full of money. Mm-hmm. And it had a decent amount of money in it, so it was interesting that they had to front. So, this man pulls up, and we find out his name is Lil Murda. Lil Murda tries to, you know, skip the line. And my husband, Diamond, is like, you need to get to the back of the line. I know you see this line. Uh, you know local rappers. They think they own their cities. They think they can just come to the front and get straight in. But Diamond said, sweetie, not on my watch. Get to the back of the line. You and your brothers, your gaggle of hoodlums, get to the back and you'll get in like normal people. So that's what he does. Right. So now Lil Murder's a little embarrassed. He has to get to the back of the line. Him and his posse. But... No one's willing to challenge Diamond over it. So there's that. So the next scene, Uncle Clifford is in the dressing room with the ladies, watching them as they get ready. She has Miss Mississippi's baby on her arm. I need to know the logistics of, like, when is the baby's sleep schedule? Is the baby able to sleep with all this loud noise? It doesn't matter who is holding the baby. The baby seems to have a great temperament. It's just all interesting to me that the baby is literally being raised here. Uncle Clifford lets Mercedes know that she needs to walk the floor with the new girl and essentially train her. Show her the ropes. I like Mercedes' outfit. She's wearing some... Uh, yeah, I like it too. <laughs> it's giving me photo shoot. Yeah, she's wearing like a long sleeve off the shoulder. Extremely sheer. <laughs> um, so you can clearly see her boobs. Sparkly glitter black bodysuit. Mm-hmm. That's... And that's Honestly, the best way I can describe it to y'all, but it's cute. New girl got on some... A wife beater cut off and some jeans. You know, she's going for girl next door, American girl look. Right. And as is the theme here, you can also see her boobs. So... (laughs) Right, everything is transparent on the tops usually, so you can see nipple, areola, and boob. So Mercedes is trying to teach this Miss Autumn Night how to scout for the men with the big pockets. The men that are going to pay up for the night. So the first guy that they start talking, well, Autumn Night looks like she's about to start talking to. Mercedes chops that in half. She's like, listen, this man, he's got a full suit on that's still got the tags on it. Like, he is going to return this suit the next day. He don't got money for you, sweetie. And the man doesn't deny it, so I guess it's true. Okay, so the next scene, we're back in some sort of back room. It's not Uncle Clifford's. It's, I, I guess, like the lounge area, the employee lounge. I don't know. It looks like an indoor-outdoor situation. It looks like it's barely covered. and Even the walls there are like, it's one board and then it's outside and then another board. It's just thrown together very quickly, it seems. It's very weird. So, Miss Mississippi, a.k.a. Keyshawn, is breastfeeding her baby. 
and Diamond walks in. <laughs> and he's like, oh, snap. Like, I'm sorry. I didn't mean to walk in on you. Like, he was honestly so, like... He's seen her tits a, a thousand a times. Right. Yeah. I'm like, you've seen everything. So Me, for him team? to care is so, like, sweet. And he's like, oh, sorry. Like, I only want to see you when you want me to see you. If you don't want me to see you right now, I don't have to see it. Love that. He respects her. Oh. So anyway, she was like, Diamond, please. Like, you're going to eat your Vienna sausages and all. I didn't like that. Do not have my man eating Vienna sausages. Is that what he packed for lunch? I guess so. <laughs> so he goes and takes a seat across from her. Diamond sees a bruise on her neck. And so basically he's. He said, I could take care of that. That's no problem. And she says, many folks you killed over there. So, so he seems to have no problem catching bodies. Right. He catches Killing bodies people. on a daily, on a nightly basis. And his gun also, also catches a few bodies itself. Right. And he's like, okay, well, it's better his body than yours. So obviously he feels some type of way about Mississippi, a.k.a. Keyshawn. Right. He has an affinity for her. And also he just wants to protect her because clearly she's in like a bad place with this guy. But then they're interrupted by Uncle Clifford. Because now it is Miss Mississippi's turn. But then he offers to hold a baby. Mm-hmm. What a protector. Anyway, she goes on. Well, her body double goes on. <laughs> <laughs> right. Big ups to her stunt double. She's a great lady and she does an amazing job. Right. And she performs for the night. So the next scene, we see Lil Murder. He's getting his, you know, little lap dance going on in the private room mercedes walks in and she's basically trying to i don't know ascertain what's going on in the in in, in the private room and he makes sorry i he makes a request for her to be the one dancing and she says a line that i really want to just recite here she says quote if i'm gonna twerk it you're gonna have to make this g-string greener than i ever seen so I don't know why all of a sudden, like for this guy in particular, she's saying, if I'm doing a dance for you, I need more money than I could ever even imagine. I guess she really doesn't want to dance for him, but also she's kind of trying to show off. It was very pay pig energy. I liked it. <laughs> um, <laughs> yes, we support pay pigs and Findom, love it. Everyone should get into it. Everyone should have an opportunity to do it. But I think that she was saying that because she knew to an extent he was faking that he didn't really because remember they were saying that she has the FBI eyes and she could scout like men with money and men without so I think she could tell that he didn't really have that much money to work with in the first place because then she calls him out and she's like you got that duffel bag full of like bricks like there ain't no money in it he's like nah like I got stacks up in here he's like I got five stacks at least and she's like actually four because you just lost a stack with them hoes <laughs> before stacks alright I'll take that there ain't no right. problem so at, at the end of the day four stacks was still enough for her because she sat on his lap and was like let's go to the, the private champagne ring one of her boys sees <laughs> the new girl dancing across the way and they're like bring a new girl too she's a little salty about it but she wants four stacks so she gonna bring well at least two stacks if they split it so she gonna bring a new girl Really three the way she does it, but so they go into VIP, which notably is against Uncle Clifford's rule. Uncle Clifford said, 
don't have this girl dancing in private or nothing like that. Just show her around. So they're in the champagne room. Right. And she tells her, this guy's willing to play two stacks, one for you and one for me. So you're going to get 1000 I'm going to get 1000 which if you remember, there's 4K. So she's going to get 3K Mercedes and this newbie will get her little 1K for the night. Exactly. Which is, you know, I mean, fair, fair enough. Got to take I some mean, off the top. Right. It's only fair that I get a little bit more pre on the top. But Mercedes is the OG and she's the one that broke with the deal. I mean, <laughs> so they're in the champagne room. They're dancing, whatever, whatever. And one of the guys gets a little handsy. And I don't know how Diamond knew, but as soon as the guy touches the new girl, Diamond busts up, busts up in there. Always on time. So then Mercedes goes and takes Lil Murda to a private, private room and leaves homegirl, new girl, in the room with three other men by herself. No, four other men by herself. Just after she had the traumatic experience of that man being too handsy. She calls him. She says, so I guess you're going to be the plum of the group. And he's like halfway rotten, but mostly sweet. Right, girl, mm-mm. So she needs him. Diamond walks in, grabs man, and starts fighting it. Fight these men. <laughs> yeah, they're out. It was a full brawl between Diamond. It was like Diamond versus like five other men. And he took them on like an Avenger. He took them on all by himself. And while that's happening in the other room, um, Lil Murder has um, earbuds in Mercedes' ears so that she can listen to his music so that presumably she could dance to it. And she's saying she's not she's not jiving with it. On the way out, Little Murder sees Autumn Night running out the VIP room. So he goes after her to try to, quote unquote, apologize to her. And he runs into Uncle Clifford. And so I don't know what happens and some sort of deal happens and they end up in Uncle Clifford's private, private room, which is like this light blue clouds everywhere. Um, he described it as some Super Mario shit. Like, it's a very ethereal, angelic kind of room. Mm-hmm. And surprisingly, Little Murder turns and he's like, they got everything I need. And is like looking Uncle Clifford up and down. So like, Right, the whole non-verbals in this scene. Like, the way, like, even when they were out in the club and they were talking, the way Little Murder was just like, his lips are pressed against the platinum blonde wig just like whispering some things in uncle clifford's ear i'm like okay so there's no like you know boundaries and like personal space right there's like no fear of uncle clifford there's like no not this should be i'm just saying there's no um hesitation at all hesitation apprehension none of that he's like listen it does look like the pink got everything i need and looks Uncle Clifford up and down. Uncle Clifford is like, oh my God, he's about to make me blush. And you know, being bashful. Being bashful. Like a true queen. Lil Murder says, I lays motherfuckers out. Ooh. Wow. <laughs> and he took that when he took that curl in his index finger and twisted that said, Oh <laughs> you don't have no business. You have no business doing all that to Uncle Clifford like that on a regular day. Girl, I felt I was like Uncle Clifford. I was like, girl, you about to make me blush. Okay. I was like, okay. Seriously, I was getting like a little like, ooh, like butterflies. Like it was, was looking like, at me. 
I was like, listen, Diamond is my husband, but okay, little murder, I also see you. Because he turns it cute. on. Yeah, he's he turns cute, it on. He definitely turned it on. I too would be very disarmed <laughs> if I was a Clifford. Like, I don't even know what I would do. Mm-hmm. So, but somehow <laughs> he convinces Uncle Clifford to listen to his music. <laughs> we go back to outside the club, and this man that was taking pictures earlier is back and he's taking pictures still. I said back, but I guess he's never left. And he's taking pictures. <laughs> and he sees Miss Autumn Knight outside hyperventilating, I guess, still reeling from her experience in the champagne room. Right. A distressed Autumn runs out and he's taken aback and he gets out his car and he has to see what's going on with her. Right. Has to see what's happening. So she's like, I just needed some air. He's like, okay, sure. She asked him for a smoke. He says, I don't have one. She's like, what's your vice? He says, I don't have one. She's like, you can't trust a man with no vice. He Which, seems to get his vice out via this camera. But we find out that his name is actually Andre. But what do you think about that? Like, can you trust a man with no vice? That is a, honestly, I agree with that because you have to get it out in some way. We all have frustrations built up. We all live in this dimension. And it's a shitty dimension. We all have to get it out somehow. So even if it's just, your vice is to go to the gym. Like, it's got to be something. So for him to paint this, like, image of himself that he doesn't have one, it is kind of like, oh, so there's secrets. Like, where yeah. the body's buried. Your secrets are safe me. No, but I, I feel like I agree with that just because, I, but I'm on the end of, like, everyone does have a vice. So if you told me that you don't have a vice, then that tells, that makes me think that your vice is something that's not socially acceptable. <laughs> like, like, your him. vice is like... Or like erotic asphyxiation. You know what I mean? Something like that. Like, <laughs> right, it's something that's that's considered a little bit more dark. Yeah, or frowned upon in society. More frowned upon, right. It's something that... The only thing that's important in this dialogue between them is that she reveals her real name is Haley. Right, she just got through saying that you can't trust a man with no vices, but seems to trust him enough to give him her real name. Anyway, back inside, the club's going up. DJ Never Scared got everybody going up. <laughs> DJ Never Scared. Which is like some teenage boy, just by the way. <laughs> right, by the way, he's fully in high school, but... <laughs> Uncle Clifford goes up to him and he's like, yo, play this, play this music, play this track. Right, we see the hard drive get passed and... He turns it on. Mercedes is the one that's coming out, which if you remember earlier, she heard the music and said, and I can't dance to that. That's not going to work for my set. Right. And she's an OG. You know that she's very particular. She's in the back room <laughs> praying and, you know, like it's very like, like she's a boxer about to go in the ring. Like she's like praying. She's like jumping around. She's like bracing herself, rolling her shoulders. So you can tell that she's about to give us like a, a real performance. They introduce her. She comes out to the music. She's visibly disgusted. And so then DJ never scared, was very scared, and he turned it off and switched back to her regular music. And we see a little murder in the, in the crowd, and he's sad. <laughs> <laughs> and so she dances extra hard to prove that, like, what I'm doing doesn't go with that slow-ass shit you had. Right. And like I said, I don't think she's a body double. No, not at all. This is really her. You can tell even... by how ripped her stomach is, too. Right, and they also do, like, close-up shots of her. Like, they don't stray away from her face. And everybody's like, Mercedes, Mercedes, she's dancing on... She's doing that little ceiling trick. 
where their feet is on the actual ceiling and she's shaking. Right, um, she's upside down twerking, which is insanity that she's just, just her arms alone are allowing her to imitate twerking on the ceiling, which is wild. She's out here showing us, you know, why she has her own day, Mercedes Sundays. It's going and then, too. And then she notices that her mom was in the crowd watching her. Right, second pop of, of the series so far. The mother is there in all black like it's a funeral just to watch her daughter hoe. You know so I'm hoeing. dramatic. Right, you know I'm hoeing. So if you don't want to see it, don't come. Okay, so Mercedes is running out in the parking lot. She got bags full of money. <laughs> and her mom does that whole, you know, holier than thou, why has God forsaken me? Uh, my daughter's a hoe, bit. And the thing is, prior to this scene, I had never felt like, oh, there's any overacting here. When the mom fell to the knees, the overacting I was witnessing, I was not a fan of. Right. But honestly, it's actually also still on point because those be the type of women to do dramatic things like that. Oh, for sure. But it was the tone in which she was speaking, all of it, the facial expression would give me very Angela. It got very... Angela, very, um, what's the woman from How to Get Away with Murder? Viola Davis. Very Viola. She loves to act with her face and give us expression, but it's too much acting with the face. It got very Greenleaf, very Tyler Perry. She's like, I don't care if I had to die as a sacrifice for this daughter of mine. All this other stuff. Mercedes obviously feels some sort of guilt about it, and she hands her mom one of her bags of money. Does her mom give it back to her? Of course not. She takes it and she runs. Her mom quickly got patches, up off her knees. Like, she, like, I'm like, she patched her life together in about two seconds. She went, sniffled up the last knot she had, tapped both tear ducts and made sure the tears were gone, and she sauntered off with that money into the night. We're back in Uncle Clifford's office, and I guess everyone's doing a little payout. Mercedes was shorter than she would have been because she had to give up <laughs> some of her dough to her mom. Right. Her off the top co- goes to her mother. So she had to give that money over. All right. So the night ends. Everybody's trying to, you know, find their ride to go home. Darling asks little Mississippi, a.k.a. Keyshawn, she needs a ride home, little mama. And she's like, oh, no, I'm fine. My ride's over there. And it's um, presumably the guy that's abusing her waiting for her. Diamond walks away. He don't offer nobody else a ride, so I guess, you know, Keyshawn is the only one that matters. Gidget asks Autumn Knight if she needs a ride home. Mercedes says, no, you can't ride with us anyway. And Autumn Knight's like, I don't need a ride anyway. And she smoked her cig, and then we see Andre is still there taking pictures still, and then that's it. And that's the end of the premiere. And that's the end of the premiere. So thoughts? Thoughts compiled? Thoughts compiled is that it was a great series premiere. It was a great way to introduce us to everybody. We pretty much like could learn all the dynamics even in this hour-long episode. Nice that was no commercials, of course. Thank you, stars. Um, and yeah, I mean, it was a good episode. And I understand pilots have to be shot so that if they don't get picked up, the pilot could stand on its own. And this could definitely stand on its own. Right. It was definitely, it definitely could stand on its own, and it was definitely enough to pique your interest, for sure. Mm-hmm. Like, I found myself, even Autumn Night, who, like, is a very, and we'll get into this, you know, eventually, but very perplexing character. Not quite sure if I like her, or it's not even if I don't like her, I'm just more neutral, really. 
But even her, I I'm still curious. I still want to know her story. I found myself wanting to know everyone's story. Um, I think it's always like a good indicator when like if they someone has like their own solo scene. I'm not like, ugh, I don't want to watch this. Mm-hmm. I found myself caring about everyone's solo scene. Like I I would I want to see what everyone else is doing on the side. So yeah. All right, so we're gonna get into episode two. Um, first, we're gonna just do a little commercial break. So go get some water, go get some popcorn, a refreshment, a beverage, a and we'll be right back. A beverage, and we'll be right back. Bye. We'll be right back after this short message from our sponsor. Okay, so we're back. We're gonna record um, episode two now, and it's called Scars. So the description, because why not? It says the Pink's annual car wash receives a visit from a surprising guest while Autumn's past comes back to haunt her. Back at the club, souls are bared and deals are negotiated in the private booths. I mean, a good way to sum up what happened, yeah. I mean, honestly, that's pretty much what happened. So the first scene, (laughs) the opening scene, (laughs) we're back in this... Did they even give a name for this room? I'm going to call it Skybox unless they gave it a name. We'll go with the skybox. So we're in the skybox. And <laughs> we see a man chained up on the clouds. Um, and this is the first scene where we're seeing like full frontal nude mm-hmm. of a man, nonetheless, which, you know, that's honestly not common in TV. Um, so thank you, stars. Um, you get what you pay for. And we also, <laughs> this time, usually we see the ladies just in a transparent top. But how about take the transparent tops off and let's just see all raw tit. And so we're seeing both that for Mississippi and Mercedes. Exactly. Miss Mississippi is in there with him. And clearly he's into some sort of, you know, kinky play. Subdom. Subdom, femdom, clearly. And he's <laughs> foaming at the mouth. Mercedes is also over there. And he's begging her to unchain his hands and all sorts of stuff. So it's just a little fun opening scene. But just note this man because he does come up later. He's actually an important character. Mm-hmm. So meanwhile, outside of the room, we see Autumn Knight giving a dance to a lady with some dreads and she's been in and over and while she's doing that she's making sure she's paying attention to what's going on in there and diamond shuts the door behind them he brings in a whip which obviously this man is a regular and when he comes out he's like okay keep your eyes to yourself what goes on in there none of your business right you need to focus on your own money and your own patron okay mm-hmm so the next scene, obviously, it shows the pink once again going crazy. Everyone's loving it. Everyone's happy. Ass shaking on the stage. Money falling everywhere. Everyone's dancing. <laughs> we got Uncle Clifford. And- in a full Frida Kahlo look. <laughs> <laughs> Call her a Mexican painter, honey. And, um, you know, it's just going. I mean, the lip is what I would like to highlight the most. It's a ruby red lip, but you can tell that Uncle Clifford took the time to dip that acrylic nail in some glitter and impress glitter all over the lip. So the lip is completely coated in glitter as well, like a ruby, (laughs) like a ruby shoe, like giving me very much Wizard of Oz shoe. Once again, she is the only person that I will accept anything glittery and encrusted and bejeweled from. Okay, it's very becoming on her. 
the guy that was in the skybox um getting his little smn on he comes out and he's like fantasy fridays are lit as usual so now we know this is fantasy fridays mm-hmm. um, he's like always a pleasure uncle clifford and we find out that his name is corbin mm-hmm. and corbin is a regular <laughs> and they're discussing him they're like did he bring the whip and they're like yeah he did and we also find out that he is mixed. So he's half black, half white. Mm-hmm. And he he's very, very light skinned, but he is impassable. <laughs> he's like a Blake Griffin type of biracial. Yes. Yeah. Yep. And so, you know, they're talking about, and I just want to make this um, quick aside deviation from the plot, but. Um, I do, and I think it is important to just mention that I do like the fact that they seem to be very um, dark skin forward mm-hmm. on the show. And I think that is something that's uh, now granted somebody's going to be like, you know, of course they're dark skin forward on a show about strippers. And you know what? That's fair too. But I do appreciate that clearly it seems like there's some effort being made <laughs> into not having just only light skinned people on the on the show. And in fact they actually clown light skinned people a lot, which I think is funny. Um and the most low budget stripper we know is this Gidget, who was a white woman. So it's all very funny. Um so I think it's it seems like a minor scene, but I think it's gonna be worth noting. So new girl, Autumn Knight, runs up to um Uncle Clifford and Uncle Clifford's like I was talking to her about tax shit. And then um, Uncle Clifford also surprises Autumn Knight. And she's like, listen, you need to produce some sort of ID for me. And we know that she is assuming this false identity. So. Right. So now Summer's Eve has to come up with an ID stat. (laughs) (laughs) So the next um, scene worth noting, I guess, is. We're back in Uncle Clifford's office and Big L, a.k.a. Suge, he opens like a fridge, I guess it is, or a safe. Mm-hmm. And um, there's just bottles and bottles and bottles, like prescription pills. And we're told that it's Oxy. And apparently uh, the pink serves as some sort of pickup distribution center. <laughs> and the guy that's supposed to pick it up is a little bit delayed. So just know we're broke and we also have illegal prescription drugs in our place. So Lord knows if we got caught, that'd be crazy. Big L also reveals that he's opened <laughs> Uncle Clifford's mail and it's like a past, past due bill notice. If they don't pay up in 30 days, the pink is closed. And so now it's put on our radar, the past due. Of course, we're wondering, what's the amount? So just... From here on out, we're always thinking, huh, what could that number be? We get an answer sooner or later, but at this point, we don't really know how severe it is. Right. But it's severe enough that no one here can afford for the pink to close, essentially, right? Big L, aka Suge, is very concerned and um, is on some old, like, listen, like, you need to get this straightened out because I got two charges, so I don't got nowhere to go. No people pressure. are coming here for hot plates. People are coming here to cash checks. People are coming here for a good time. People are coming here to get their sexual fix in the paradise room. 
it's a lot of things they have to do. They can't afford for this place to come down. It's a staple in the community. So Uncle Clifford walks out to her car. She has, you know, tears in her eyes. She looks at the bill past due notice. And it's $55,128. That ain't nothing to sneeze at. And uh, 34 cents. <laughs> <laughs> I think the 34 cents they have covered every other dollar TVD. <laughs> right. <laughs> and then she opens up her glove box and we see that there's multiple past due notices. And the car is a little rundown. Hoopty. And the car is run down like everything pretty much in Chuckalisa. <laughs> So we can oops, we can infer that she all got it. <laughs> probably <laughs> she could probably cover the hundred twenty eight thirty four, but she can't cover the fifty five thousand. I'm sure about it. And the whole thing is shot very interestingly. It's like it's kind of put on the back of the seat and it's just shot forward, so you don't see the back seat. But that's on purpose because who's waiting for her behind her? Little murder. <laughs> <laughs> She goes to to light. Is that a cig? Yeah. yeah. She goes to light a cig. My dad, not a sparkle, got on the cig. So that, like I said, the ruby red lipstick is lacquered on. And all you hear is just some deep voice say, "So you think you low key slick?" And she's like, "Ooh, Jesus, not yet." That was funny to me. <laughs> <laughs> I know it's coming, Lord, but not today. Jesus, not yet. Not like this. All right. <laughs> not in my car in the dark with the past past due notice bills in my glove box in the parking lot of my establishment. Please. Not and not yet. in my free to look. <laughs> but I mean, it's a done the fuck up look. Why not? Every look that Uncle Clifford does is done the fuck up. So that means nothing. But I'm telling you, I can't wait till we get to the episode with my favorite look because that's a look I would want to die in. <laughs> I kind of like this Frida look. I'm gonna table it. No, the Frida so, look is hot, but it's just a murder scene with a Frida with a Frida costume. I can't imagine it's very normal. So we're gonna have to name all of her looks. Yeah, so that's fine. We can name all the looks. Do we name like the premiere episode look then? What was that look? Right, oh, was she was just giving us girl like Jenny from the block. She was giving us you know around the way girl. I think just girl around the way. I, just, I think it's a great introduction. It's just like you know a little like. I'm cute. I'm a cute local girl. Right. Round the way girl look. Mm-hmm. So back to current day free to look. We're in the car and Little Murder's behind us. Somehow we're not understanding how he got in our car. And Uncle Clifford also asked that. How the fuck did you get in my car? And you know Little Murder's very mysterious. He's like don't worry about all of that. It's also hoopty. It's not that hard to get into. And she's like Listen, if you looking for stacks I don't got it. <laughs> and if you don't, and if, if this is the end, let it be quick. Like, don't, don't drag it out. But basically, Little Murder's mad because paid her to play his music during Mercedes' set specifically because Mercedes gets the most attention and the most people. And she's like, "You got to make something that people want to talk to. Like, your stuff is whack." Mm-hmm. And during these, it's like the sex flashbacks of them in the Paradise Room skybox. And I can't tell if it's Lil Murda um, giving or if it's Uncle Clifford giving and the wig was snatched off. Woo. I don't know. I just see dazzled nails running across <laughs> Lil Murda's face. <laughs> and he's loving it. 
And I also love that little murder bum the sig off of her before leaving the car. But you know what? She's looking him up and down as he's leaving. So I I think she kind of like it. They have a special bond. 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 You money. <laughs> <laughs> the next scene, we just see Mercedes running through her little neighborhood, honey. With her, uh, what kind of dog is that? I call it a Rottweiler. And it is. It's not a Rottweiler. <laughs> And its name is Black and Mild, which is a choice. Right. It's a pit bull. Um, it's <laughs> <Rottweiler>. <laughs> I don't know what you called it, Rottweiler. Like, the coloring is not even the same. Um, <laughs> it just gave me Rottweiler energy. Um, also, just to make a note, Mercedes has her natural hair out in this um, episode. And I like that, too. I like the realism. Mm-hmm. You don't always have wigs on every day, honey. Sometimes it's natural hair. Pineapple look. It looked real hot this day, too. So I would have my real hair out, too. She, it, it's not time for the 24 inches today. It's too hot. And she still look cute. She's still pulling people. The guys are still looking. She starts talking to some guy in an ankle bracelet. <laughs> right. She's running in place so he'll notice her. But the gag is they live across the street. So any day she could just walk outside and get noticed. But nonetheless, she wants him to see her because they obviously have a past. And she wants him to, you know, come visit her at the club, even though... He has an ankle bracelet on. Did you think he was cute? I I saw a little twinkle in his eye that I responded positively to. <laughs> <laughs> what did you I'm think? Like, I'm like, uh, lick my finger, touch the air. I mean, yeah. I mean, obviously he can't talk to me with no ankle bracelet on. But um, something about him, I don't know. I feel like he would grab me too tight and I would like it. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> That's funny because I didn't know where that was going. I thought you were gonna say you'd be scared, but <laughs> <laughs> I would like it. Yeah, so I was like, okay, mm. hottie with a body, hottie with a body. He looked like he can handle Mercedes too. Wait, I'm crying at the fucking insert of the picture of Patrice calling. <laughs> no, the picture of Patrice sends me. That was terrible. I don't like how they put that on the screen right there. That was stupid. Also, what is Patrice wearing in that? Is she she has on a ghetto ass hoop, one of them like bamboo hoops, and like a zipped up denim top, and it has like a ring zipper, and then on, outside of it, she has on like a Columbia fleece. I don't know what's happening. <laughs> <laughs> you know damn well ain't no Columbia fleece. Child. <laughs> don't they live in Mississippi? But basically, the main point of the, of that part was that Patrice, her mother, is calling, and she hung up on her. And her mother knows that she hung up on her. They flash back to her mother who's down the pulpit. You know, she's talking to the pastor and they're talking about basically the funds for the church. Right, because Sister Woodbine, which is her mother, Sister Woodbine was calling her phone to ask for a tithe. And if you'll notice, Sister Woodbine is always calling asking for something. Always asking for money. So I'm like with her, I'm like, because then the pastor's like, oh, like we need, you know, money for this bank loan, et cetera, et cetera. And she's like, yo, I, my daughter just put down a down payment. She just put down some money. Like, what? I assume I'm confused. What money do you need, sir? Can we also, just give you some money? Yeah, like, where did that money go? Also, since when do you just need to have money sitting in the account to prove that you could take out a loan? I'm, I've never taken out a loan. I don't, I don't know how that works, but I don't know if that's a thing that you need to hold someone's 20K in your bank account until a loan gets approved and then give it back to them instantly. Sounds... Shady, if not illegal. Right, that doesn't sound right. And I hate to even have to mention this, but clearly this motif matters. Um, There's a feather in her lash. 
And the pastor goes to like pluck it out and just know the feather and lash means something to Sister Woodbine. Okay. And the pastor's talking her language. He knows what she wants to hear is it could be you in the pulpit. It it could be you with the mic. It could be you singing to the people, getting their ties and making them give more money than they ever would have thought. It's you. And she loves that because her dream, as we saw it, she thrives in the pulpit. Pastors and such, pastors and co, have to be very charismatic and almost like a politician way. Mm-hmm. And I just found that very intriguing. Like they're different avenues, but they're kind of the same concept, same control over people and their emotions. Just note. Next note. We see our mysterious character all night, and she's on the phone with FEMA. Um, and we find out that she's checking the names of the ID that she found, right? Mm-hmm. Which has multiple. Yeah, so she's checking multiple. So she checks the name of Lakeisha Savage, and the FEMA phone operator tells her that we don't have any record of anybody by that name. Then she asks her to check Salita Parson. And they're saying, I'm sorry, her body was identified. She's been officially listed as deceased. So she throws that idea out because that can't be used, obviously. Right. Then she has her check, Montavious Hill. And it says FEMA doesn't have anyone on record with that name either. And she looks very disappointed by that information. Yeah, I'm assuming that's the guy who was abusing her and she wanted him dead. Exactly. So she's forced to only use the Lakeisha Savage identity because that's the only one that hasn't been identified yet. The next scene, we are with this man, Andre. He's in some hotel room. He got a suit on. And he's just going through the pictures that he took at the club. And he's in this file titled Promised Land. And it's for the Promised Land Casino and Resort. Right. And we see some renderings for this huge casino and, you guess it, resort. And he's looking at it smiling, and he also simultaneously is looking at some of the photos he snapped, and he's stuck on that picture of Lakeisha Autumn Haley. <laughs> Lakeisha Autumn Haley Knight. So... <laughs> <laughs> yeah, so obviously we know that he's obviously taking these pictures um, and is working with some sort of casino, question mark? Right, we'll some sort of later. developers or something with the city and, like, planning something right. out. Right, they're clearly plotting on the pink. Next scene, he's literally in a cotton field, which, um, and he's taking pictures, I guess, of like the little field that he's on. These two white men are on the porch, and they come out and they say, "Oh, if you want to, instead of taking that picture, if you want to pick some cotton, that's fine too." Right. And Andre is like, "I'm good on that." So basically, in this scene, Andre's trying to get their signatures because they own this part of land that um, the promised land casino and resort so apparently there's also three of the brothers involved two of them are willing to get their signature up the third one apparently is being we later note is worth like six million dollars but they're part they own this land that they're trying to use as a development site for the contrarian right contrarian of the group and you know we wonder hmm, who is the third person because he's not present here right now Andre offers to go talk to him and explain to him how this is a great deal. And his brothers say, listen, if you go over there, points up billboard that says the paint, that's where you'll find him. 
it's also noted that they reveal that they got this land via their father's will, and when he passed away, he left them this, and that he had these two children, which, you know, were the front-facing children, and then he had his Jon Snow, with he had with the Jezebel, the maid, you know, the biracial kid, so it's like, <laughs> who could it be, da-da-da. So as soon as they made this whole explanation, I knew exactly who it was. It was quite clear. Mm-hmm. It's very quite clear that it was obviously Corbin, Mr. Whips and Chains, Excite Me, that was in the Paradise Room that we're calling the Skybox. You know, definitely makes Corbin more interesting. Mm-hmm. So we'll see. Next scene is cute. Mercedes out, you know, with her students? Question mark? I don't know. Her prodigies. And her prodigies. And they're practicing in this parking lot. They're complaining. They're like, oh my God, this is so hot. What are we doing out here? And Mercedes is like, look, we're in the parking lot of our new gym. And she turns and she shows them the for sale sign. And she's like, I'm about to buy this gym. This is about to be ours right here. The new home of the Chuckalisa Challenges. <laughs> and they're geek. They're jumping up and down. They're lit for it. Right. They're tired of practicing outside. Everybody loves the fact that we have a gym. Somebody drives by in a hideous honey mustard car yelling, Show me that booty, like just trolling. It has not. I don't know if that would happen in real life that you would just see some lady that you know strips and roll down your window and say, "Show me that booty." I don't. Next scene, we at the car wash, honey. The pink is doing their annual soap down. They call it, and they're doing car washing, detailing. They got pulled pork sandwiches. They're doing an electric slide. They're doing oil changes. Also, anything you need car related they're doing it down here at the soap down the pink is a side hustle that has many side hustles and one of its many side hustles is this annual you know wash down or whatever the hell and someone knows how to repair cars that's here which i find very interesting and so it's a 20 dollar car wash and a free lap dance are we naming this uncle clifford outfit or no yeah, luckily she makes it easy. It's quite clear the, the unicorn look. The hair's giving me unicorn. And there's a unicorn in the back of the jacket. Okay, so we're calling it the unicorn look. So this man pulls up in an Escalade. Put some lip chap on as he gets out the car. He, wait, he gets out the car with both his feet. Like he like turns his whole body and steps down with both his feet. Starts putting on his lip chap. And we're like, who is this man? Who is this man? And we learn that he is the mayor of Chuckalisa. Mm-hmm. Uncle Clifford approaches him about his anti-liquor laws. Uncle Clifford runs into the photo and photobombs it, scares off the other people, and needs to have a real talk with the mayor about what he's been doing to slow down their business. They need that money, honey. Clearly, the mayor doesn't like the way that Uncle Clifford approached him because then he's like, listen, you can either slow your boat or I can have the sheriff come down here and shut this car wash down. And... Uncle Clifford. So she decides, let me calm down a little bit. And she calls over Mercedes and Lakeisha, Autumn Knight, Haley, Savage, wants them to wash the Escalade. So they're inside and they're cleaning it. You know, Autumn Knight is doing a terrible job of cleaning. She's looking very uninterested in what she's wiping down. Mercedes needs some cleaning agent. So she gets out of the car. While Autumn is in there, someone starts I guess, hosing down the car. And I guess that was just triggering to her. It felt very flood-like. 
So she tries to get out of the car and she can't. She's having flashbacks as this is happening. So clearly something, again, flood related. She tries for all the doors. They're not opening. So then she opens the sunroof. Let's all that water in so it's ruined. Just crawls out and she's like screaming and crying. And everyone's like, what's wrong with you? She's like, I couldn't get out. I couldn't get out. She's clearly having a mental breakdown. Yeah, this is that PTSD flashback that I kind of alluded to last episode. And it's like, that's what you get for trying to be a bitch and not help her out when you had that cleaning agent that she needed in your hands. And you said, it's empty. And then you used it. So you're trying to be a little troll. And (laughs) what you also didn't know is you're a scaredy cat. You're not ready to, I don't know, live a normal life. At any moment, you could be struck down with one of these memories. And so she she makes the dumb decision of hopping out the sunroof because she can't get out through the doors because she's not like really thinking clearly and thinking about like hitting unlock she tried every door but the driver door i just want to make that clear so Which we just saw sunroof, mercedes get out of right so the sunroof clearly should have been the last option but it wasn't for her this is the so, one time that we needed you to like perform at your best you could have done this in anyone else's car but the mayor's car this is tough right so uncle clifford is you know she's trying to calm her down and she's trying to bring her back to reality and then she goes and starts accusing mercedes and mercedes locked her inside and it's revealed they're child locks and she looks crazy and everyone's looking at her wild so uncle clifford tells mercedes to take autumn night home her shanty complex, Mercedes tries to go in and Autumn Knight closes the door in her face. And she looks around at her surroundings and she realizes that Autumn lives in a hole in the wall. A hole in the wall with newspaper on the windows. It's a it's a very small scene, but it, I guess it is important that she's mm-hmm. somewhere, I guess it looks like a laundromat, question mark? I don't even know where it's at, but someplace where there's a computer and she's wiring this money. She wires $9,000 under the Lakeisha Savage, you know, alias. Right, and I smell wire fraud. We get back to the pink. Uncle Clifford is chasing after the cook because apparently the cook has had had it with not getting his bills paid. And Mercedes, Gidget, and Keyshawn are witness to this. The cook leaves with his pots and pans. <laughs> he leaves with his pots and pans. <laughs> comes, promises to come back with the lids. That is. So they're asking, they're like, Uncle Clifford, like, is everything okay? She's like, yeah, don't worry about it. Whatever, fine. But it's important to note that that the chef is gone because now we're in the kitchen and now we have Uncle Clifford and Big L, aka Shug, cooking up the chicken wings. And obviously we need food because food costs money and they need money. So, right, and they ain't selling liquor. So what else? you got to feed them something. Give the patrons something to do with their mouths. So food it is and wings it is. And so surprisingly, little Murda busts up in the kitchen. Uncle Clifford asks a question that we're all wondering, are you stalking me? And he's like, nah, just listen to my... Uncle Clifford takes a listen. She's not impressed once again. Says, head back to the studio and try again. She says, you need, you, you, you need music with that boom, cat, 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 as she's popping her booty that we know Little Murder has tasted. <laughs> 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 Whoa. 
mean, it's true. Okay. <laughs> but like face plants and then like licking it, you think? Not like that. Oh my God. I mean, you said taste it. I'm thinking like eat. Well, you know what? I'll leave that up to our fucking viewers, bitch. <laughs> <laughs> Uncle Clipper's advice was that you need to make music with a little bit more bump in it and you need to go talk to DJ Never Scared. And since Uncle Clipper's giving advice, Lil Murder has some advice, which is, I know how to fuck up a wing. You need to do this, that, and the third. And would you like to explain to them? The suggestion was, you know what? These people are sober. How can we get them unsober? I've got it. Cannabis. Let's chop up some weed, put it in some butter, make some can of butter, coat these wings in can of butter so that these wings are low-key edibles, and let's get these patrons geek. Right. And he also said he needs a pan to lock in the flavor. And I love that little murder is low key a shop. As honestly, <laughs> every weed head kind of is. You you get real like what the uh, grand recipe was, the suggestion. Creative. You know what you want to eat. So he's letting him know like, if I had to eat these wings, this is how I want them. Uncle Clifford challenges him, throws, tells him, throw in that apron and let's, let's get to it. And let's just say it was successful. Right, he does the damn thing, and now his recipe is now the new house recipe. Also illegal. Illegal to feed your patrons edibles, but that's fine. Without them knowing, but that's fine. Okay. Because imagine if you came here and had some wings and you had like a drug test the next day. (laughs) Oh, man. And you're like sitting there look like, no, I didn't smoke. And they're like, yeah, 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 right? It's like, no, but like. It must have been those chicken wings. Yeah, they all say that. Like, no, Yeah, that's what they all say. <laughs> so the next scene, we see Andre and Corbin, a.k.a. Mr. S&M. Corbin is getting a lap dance as he's trying to conduct business with Andre. They're also talking about, obviously, of course, the promised land, casino and resort. And Andre's trying to get Corbin to give up his share of the of the lamp. But Corbin doesn't really care about all of that. He's just here to have a good time. And he is stuck in his ways. He doesn't want to sell it. But it's, that's because he has bigger dreams. Right. He has big aspirations, big dreams, big plans for his portion of a lamp. And so it flips really quickly back to Miss Autumn Knight. She's at the bar and... As the rookie, I guess you're forever being tested. So the bartender asks her to pick out somebody else, pick out another patron that you think it got the money and is gonna and is gonna give up said money. She looks over and she sees that Andre's over there. Obviously, she knows Andre, so she's like Andre, the man in the Armani suit. The bartender thinks that was a good pick, but then Mercedes comes over and she's like, two guys talking. What did she say? She said, one man in the club is looking to spend money. Two men in the club looking to make money. I always wonder about how many business deals go down in a strip club. Because it's definitely a lot. Like, that's a thing that even in, like, reality shows, I feel like that's, like, a trope. Guys will be like, I was at the strip club conducting business. I wasn't even there because I want to be there. Like, I was there for business. Like, so I'm truly, if we could get the facts and figures on how many dollars of revenue are conducted within a strip club, I would be beyond curious. Autumn Knight could have taken what Mercedes said as, like, a hint to not go for that man. But she's, I guess she's feeling herself. And she's, she, she feels like she knows Andre. So she's like, fuck that. So she goes over. Well, 
actually, she saunters over, sachets over, really. Just walks up in the room, asks Andre if he wants to dance. And Mercedes has to piss on her territory, so of course she has to walk in there to see what's going on. Right. So Mercedes goes in there and she tries to take Andre from all night. And she asks him if he wants white liquor or dark liquor, and he requests the white liquor. Yep, she slaps her ass and leaves the room and says, you couldn't take all this anyway, little boy. Um, What did you think about Miss Autumn Knight's, like, seductive face? Like, she was looking like she smells something stink, in my opinion. <laughs> yeah, like, I can't tell if it's, you know what I mean? I can't tell if it's Haley being bad at acting as Autumn. Is it the actress genuinely not being great at portraying that? Is that the thing that we're supposed to be seeing in her face is that she's not good at doing this? And it's kind of awkward? Or not, or is she supposed to be seamlessly fitting in? Because everyone else is treating her as though she is employee of the month. And I don't know. They said rookie knows how to draw blood from a turnip. So I mean, they're seeing something that I'm not seeing. I just want to make a note. So All Night is giving her lap dance to, to both Andre and Corbin. And they're also conducting business while she's in there. So she's clearly listening to them. Corbin's grandmaster plan is that they should lease the land for the casino rather than actually sell. So that instead of getting a little six mil, he can probably make 10 mil or more. Also, Autumn's unit is horrible in the scene. Not unit. The way she applied it to the hairline in this particular day was odd. That was but Corbin thing. got big stacks, so he covers... Um, him being able to go to the paradise, well, by him, I mean Andre. He pays for Andre to go to the paradise room with Haley. And he also just tips her as she's dancing on him. So he got big stacks. Right. Because Corbin is like, it's not that he don't got the money. And it's not that he don't even want the money. He's like, but why one six when I can get ten? Mm-hmm. That's that hunger I'm talking about. That's that hunger that I'm lacking. <laughs> That's I don't have any drive. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, this is our version of having drive is having this podcast conversation that little do you all know we would have this conversation even if it wasn't recording. So this is our version <laughs> of having drive. So we're just hoping that we get paid at some point for this because um, that's the best I got. I'm going to have to cut all that out. Y'all don't deserve to hear my grandmaster plan. <laughs> <laughs> Right, once we blow, we'll be like, psych, we have no draw the whole time, bitch ass! <laughs> oh my, we're laughing a lot, like, in our asides that are gonna get clipped out. I know, because this show is not really funny. It's just, it's like a drama. Like, okay, because, like, if it's gonna be funny, it's because we're making jokes about it. Like, Uncle Clifford's, like, lines, obviously, are, like, funny, but, like, the rest of it is sad. <laughs> <laughs> Everything's moody, yeah. Even the lighting. Even the lighting, yeah, yeah, yeah. So the next scene, we are in the champagne room and Miss Autumn Knight is giving her her fashion photographer man, Andre, a lap dance. The light catches her hair in such a way. It's so incriminating on her hairline. And it's like, it's right on the part, which there is no part. So that's the gag. It's a, it's a barely <laughs> part. And it's something I didn't want to see because this particular unit is not her best work. <laughs> it's a unit and it's looking. <laughs> yeah. It's looking stiff. It's looking frizzy. It's looking unparted. It's 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 not good. But um 
that doesn't seem to phase Andre because he's enjoying his little dance. He does some weird thing where he tells her to sit, though. He tells her to stop, then he tells her to sit. But, like, away from him. Right. Because first she stops and she sits on his lap. Then she moves and sits on the couch next to him. And he's like, no, like, over there. I don't need to be touched right now is what he says. This whole Andre character, weird dude. Yeah, I mean, but she's weird. So obviously that's why she likes him. Yeah, <laughs> they're both weirdos. So she's like, too good for lap dance, too good for a kickback, which obviously means that she's was listening to what um, they were talking about in the other room and clearly doesn't give a fuck about, I don't know, outing herself, I guess. She says she couldn't help but overhear. He's chatty, that one. <laughs> that took me out. So, but then, I don't know, something about that conversation inspired him to resume the lap dance. So he tells her, to, let's just start over, pretend like we never met. She comes over and does her little thing once again. Just simply, and by thing, you mean swaying from side to side. Because I don't see her doing anything. It's looking very, very gta <laughs> Definitely. <laughs> very GTA strip club strippers. Like, very video game shorties. Like, I don't know. Um, then he does this other weird thing, and he looks Ooh. down, he sees what's presumably a C-section scar, and he asks her about it. I don't have no kids, and I don't have a C-section scar, but I imagine that I don't want any comments about it. If I do have one, you know, unless it's my BD who went through it with me and he's asking, how is it healing up? I have a (laughs) tough time imagining any other man bringing up my C-section scar and me feeling good about that. But also, I didn't even realize that she had one until just now. So it makes me feel like, well, now I'm thinking like she probably had it. I think she had to cover it all the way up. Yeah, they apply. Now, is that real? Like the actress? the actress has that so they made it part of her character or is that makeup so it's just like they just put it on they didn't put it on her last episode and they just put it on well we have to have the cast on the pod and we'll ask (laughs) i must say when we get our celebrity interviews we'll ask yeah so he comments on her c-section scar and he asks her if it hurt but the point is he does that because he wants to reveal his own story (laughs) it's about him (laughs) it's about him and he says well mine hurt Clearly some heart surgery scar because it's in the middle of his chest. And he says he he makes her touch it, which again, weird. He said it stings sometimes, even still today. And we find out that he was born with his heart outside of his chest. Symbolic. And Lakeisha always is never missing a moment to make something weird. I feel like they have like an Olympics between each other to make shit weirder and weirder. And she's like, oh, how does it feel to have your heart, to be born with your heart outside of yourself and protecting yourself? I'm like, what the? <laughs> what kind of foreplay right. is and this? He says, no different from having a child, I reckon. And she's like, you know what? Time's up. <laughs> like, what kind of exchange? Like, what just happened? <laughs> like, let's be real. If I were either of those people in that exchange, I don't know what I would walk away feeling like. Not, <laughs> but not good. I wouldn't feel like our relationship's going to escalate from here. I would think. I have ruined this. I am so weird that he thinks I'm a weirdo or she thinks I'm a weirdo. He's like, listen, I ain't mean nothing by it. And she's like, listen, you, you know what? What you need to do is just protect yourself. You can run your money through a shell company. The That way your identity is protected. Basically, she's saying all this game, he's loving the way she's, she's fit. She's talking about incorporating double weight. She's obviously familiar with scamming. And so she's trying to put him on to the scam. 
and he's busting at the seams after her advice. And he gives her, her uh, his card, and he's like, call me if you need anything. And she's grinning, like, ooh. And, like, thinking about him clearly after he leaves. I just love for the next scene that Uncle Clifford kept a very similar look to the earlier unicorn look and just simply took the braid out and did a quick curl. (laughs) (laughs) Everyone's in Uncle Clifford's back room in her office, you know, paying their nightly dues. And everyone's excited about the money that they made. Mercedes comes in here dancing, talking about, ow, look at me bringing in all this bank. Everyone seems to be supportive of that. And then new girl pulls up. And she just starts dropping stacks. Like, you could have just had your percentage out and brought that over. You didn't have to have the whole K in the hand to take out the little money. Right, right. And that's why, so Mercedes starts to call her out. She's like, he didn't just give you a whole G. And she's like, I guess he wasn't just interested in business, per your observation. And then Mercedes accuses her of sleeping with her patrons. And if she does... That was the whole point. <laughs> that was the whole point. Okay. Yeah. <laughs> uh, love you, Miss <laughs> Sorry, Miss Oz. Sorry, Miss Oz. So, <laughs> we digress. Honestly, like, would you even know half of our jokes if you don't watch, like, other, like, Bravo shows? I really don't think so. There's no way. The only ones we refer to that are like outside of are like boots. I want to knock them in OS something, which is Flavor of Love. So that's too bad. If you don't watch yeah, that like, show. That's also like, would you know that? Like, that's very like. It's from yesteryear. So I don't know. Yeah, I don't use like modern day terms. Like, <laughs> <laughs> I, don't know what, I don't know what those Gen Zers are doing on TikTok, but I, I talk like it's 2008. Uh, so I don't know. <laughs> I talk like. Like, it's baggy white tea days. Okay? <laughs> like, them franchise boys just dropped their hot single Lee with a rock with it. <laughs> right. I talk like I'm from Chuckalisa. <laughs> <laughs> so, after Miss Autumn Knight drops a little stacks, Uncle Clifford shoes everybody out of her office. And she's like, Listen, Autumn, you ain't have to do that in front of them. You trying to be cute. Mm-hmm. She's like, I'm sorry, I won't do it again. Uncle Clifford makes her give. An idea. So she hands over the Lakeisha Savage ID. And she committed the number one error. When using a fake. When using a fake. When you use a fake, you gotta know all the fucking information on the fake. You gotta know first name, middle name, last name, height, eye color, weight, if your ID has that. Mine doesn't, thank God. Dark. (laughs) Birthday. Even address, they'll freak you out with an address. So you just have to know it all. And Uncle Clifford really got her with this one. Right. And obviously age is also a big one too. Mm-hmm. So first she says, you don't look like no Lakeisha Savage. So that should have been clue number one, that Uncle Clifford was already not really believing this ID. She said, okay, well, that's my name. And she goes, okay, Scorpio, your birthday right around the corner. What kind of cake you like? And she's like, um, chocolate. And she's like, you a damn lie, because ain't no Scorpio's born in May. So is the joke that what's coming up, they're in Scorpio season right now. Is it like November, October in the setting we're watching? It has to be October, November, yeah. Okay. I guess. So Uncle Clifford's like, girl, this ain't you. And you're probably lying about that money and all sorts of other stuff. Mm-hmm. 
And then so Lakeisha Autumn Haley Knight has to reveal her sources that my money is real and that guy is some sort of lawyer and he's trying to do some he's trying to do some sort of shady deal with this casino and involving the pink. So Uncle Clifford hears that. And basically, long story short, blackmails <laughs> Lakeisha Autumn Knight mm-hmm. and tells her Basically tells her, you need to go to this Andre Watkins character because he likes talking to you and running his mouth clearly. You need to go interview him and basically get all the information that you can from him. And then I'll give you your ID back. Otherwise, I'm going to have to submit you in on this identity fraud. And that, you know, that'll do it. The way Uncle Clifford used that leverage, it was so quick on her feet to be like, I'll take this ID and use it as collateral. To get the answers I need. No tea, no ID. Lakeisha Autumn Haley Knight Savage is going to do it because she's running her own little wire fraud on top of her identity fraud. Mm-hmm. So she's sent on a mission that she's going to have to get answers and answers she will get. And answers she will have to get. Next scene, just briefly to go over it. Uh, Mercedes goes home and her mom is sitting there waiting for her on the veranda, honey, with a pen in her hand asking for, what is it? Money. <laughs> the mom is always looking for a handout. Right. And so Mercedes is like, listen, I gave you money and you said you were going to stash it there till the bank approved your loan and then you were going to give me that money back. So this is important to note. Mercedes gave her mother the stacks that Mercedes saved up herself so that she can have it in the bank so that the bank can approve the loan for the church and that the mom is supposed to give the money back. Upon approval hmm. of the loan. I wonder what's gonna happen. Right. And then the mothers after the scene ends, the mother is the overactor of the cast, so of course they linger on her hitting the pen and acting with her face and thinking. Right. Thinking about how she's not gonna give her her quote-unquote little coins so then we come to one of the most wow scenes of of the episode thus far for sure gives us something to talk about for sure for sure so we are at lakeisha autumn haley knight savage's house she's in the kitchen once again drinking that seems to be her only meal um she doesn't right (laughs) so at this scene it's revealed it's revealed that this young lady is an alcoholic. I mean, I think it's safe to call it this moment. She at least has a problem that she's dealing with. Exactly. The next scene flashes to Andre, and he's shirtless in his room, his hotel room, and he's talking on the phone to some woman, presumably uh, his wife. Now, trivia, did you peep that he had a branding on his arm? Girl, I was just about to say that just now. Like, he definitely does, but I can't, I can't see what the brand is. You'll never guess because it's not Q. <laughs> it's Iota. Oh, brother. <laughs> <laughs> my sister told me that. I'll talk to my sister. I know she'll be listening. Yeah, she told me that. And I laughed very hard because he gets. <laughs> if I've ever received Iota energy from anybody, it's this guy. He's such an Iota. Seriously. It all tracks. Okay, so like we were saying, I'm sorry for our. Our, our side. Uh, <laughs> he's talking on the phone to who we presume is his wife. The phone click, click, beep, beep. Somebody's calling him on the other line. 
hmm, wonder who it could possibly be. He says, babe, hold on one second. It's a drunken autumn night in heat. <laughs> ready, <laughs> ready to be on the hotline with this man. She said, may I speak to Mr. Andre Watkins? <laughs> <laughs> he said, this is he. Who is this? And she introduced herself as Haley, not as Autumn Knight and not as Lakeisha Savage. Right. So this scene, mm-hmm. I guess, will refer to her as Haley. Right. So <laughs> I'm always just going to take her direction. If she calls herself Lakeisha in that scene, then she's Lakeisha. She calls herself Autumn. She's Autumn. And if she calls herself Haley, she's Haley. From this point on, just know that because I really can't continue to do the recall and do Lakeisha Autumn Knight, Haley Savage. Lakeisha Autumn Knight, Haley Savage is our default. If she doesn't clarify, that's just what she, who she has to be. <laughs> <Right>. <laughs> she clarifies. If she doesn't clarify, she is Lakeisha Autumn Knight, Haley Savage. <laughs> <laughs> I love how we leave Savage as the true last name. <laughs> it deserves to be. Right. It's the better, it's the better option. So, as per, as per my caption say, R&B music starts playing. So, you already know what's about to go down. Mm-hmm. He clicks back to his wife. He's like, babe, I got to go. I finally got, I've been playing phone tag, quote unquote, with this man. I got to go make this money. <laughs> For him to act like he's doing big business on the other line is ridiculous. <laughs> At this hour, get out of here. Right. And so his wife thinking like, oh, you know, big business. I mean, what wife is going to be like, no, don't go get your money. She's right. Like, the okay. doting wife held up at home like, oh, babe, close that business deal. I know you've been wanting to close it. Isn't it remembering facts about it and everything? Because she listens to her man. She knows all the details about it and everything. He is so nasty. That, that doesn't even affect him. I would feel bad in that moment. Like, damn, she even recalls little details. Like, that's my nope, baby. Nope. 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 These men out here. So he's sitting there with his little. She barely got to say bye. Out of my chest scar. Yeah. And <clears throat> Haley goes, "You don't mind me calling you this late, do you?" They both establish that they don't sleep. I guess they have something in common. Whatever. These two love trauma bonding. They really do. <laughs> right. So he asks her, "Like, well, you don't like to sleep? You don't like to dream?" And she's like, "I have nightmares." And he's like, "Oh wow, I hear that. That's how y'all <laughs> start off your your." Your phone sex? I'm so confused. The dialogue between these two is so fucking weird in every scene. I didn't really think much of it, like, looking at it, but now looking back, I'm just like, wait, what? (laughs) What is this? So once again, he alludes to the fact that he feels that something was in those wings, because he's just like, I'm a little ashamed that I, I, you know, I revealed myself. Whatever, fine. Right, the wings got the best of him. Right. So then Haley just starts moaning. He's like, you are right. Then she says, where are your hands, Andre? And then we can obviously use our imaginations or just watch the show. And you'll find out what happens next. And then we see full frontal nude again. We're seeing everybody nude that I don't want to see. Um, When does Diamond get his ass shot in full frontal? I want to see Diamond naked, damn it. I don't care how many seasons it takes. I'll sit through every season <laughs> until I get to Damn that episode. It, deliver me diamond. So they're having phone sex. One thing I noticed when Andre was laying on his back was that, like, when he was flexing his pecs, he's big breasted. Did you notice that? Oh my God, you're so rude. <laughs> <laughs> he was when he was in that position. 
And he's it, a skinny man. So imagine my surprise when he was busty. He doesn't look like he's. Oh, I see what you're talking about. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Right. <laughs> when he took like a saying. side view, like the. Um, so then it obviously turned to like a little fantasy of Haley on top of him doing, you know, what she's doing. Her little gyrating, shaking, GTA style stripping. So basically, they both, you know, finish. Have a little death. Yeah. <laughs> they both finish. She hangs up immediately. <laughs> Regret. <laughs> right. And it flashes back to him. He's still having these little aftershocks, and there's hurt on his, on his stomach. <laughs> I thought that detail was hilarious. They didn't have to show that. <laughs> yeah, whoever was in prop and took the Elmer's glue and sprayed it over him is hysterical. Right. Either Elmer's glue, maybe that was candle wax. I can't tell which one. <laughs> they decided that was a good image to leave the show on. And that's that. So, once again, I ask you, what are your thoughts? as a cohesive whole for the first two episodes that we've seen how are you feeling about the characters how are you feeling about the props the wardrobe the dialogue like just what are are your thoughts i think the girls wear great outfits i don't like Haley. i want to call her Haley for this i don't i'm not a huge fan of her character but again i'm really okay with that which it's kind of interesting. We learn more and more about her, but at the same time, I feel like she has no personality. So I find that pretty interesting. Um, this Andre guy, I'm glad we got the payoff of why he was taking those pictures um, because it did seem kind of pointless. So I, I like that. I like that we get to m- meet the mayor this episode. Kind of, you know, all of it ties in. So I like that. Um, Uncle Clifford is giving us, you know, life. Love that. And I think this episode was a good this is more filler-ish than the first one but it it's planting seeds and it's definitely setting things up at this point i would say my favorite like of the girls is probably mercedes by default because we don't really know mississippi at this point besides the fact that she's getting abused i feel and like i said i don't really love lakeisha and Gidget, I can't. So Mercedes would be my favorite girl. And at this point, it's Uncle Clifford is its own entity. So Uncle Clifford is number one of the show. Mercedes is number one of the girls. And of the guys at this point, I like Lil Murder is like my favorite character of the guys. But at this point, he hasn't done too much. But yeah, so that's kind of where I stand. Okay. Where are you? So I agree. So I think, you know, like I said earlier, I, I like that. It's very um, dark skin black people forward. Mm-hmm. Um, and I like that in, although it can get very, I like that they make fun of like light skin black people also, but I am making a note that sometimes I'm a little weary of that. Not because, you know, making fun of what, like light skin black people. Cause you know, I think it's more so like, I'm really weary of when they kind of write to make it seem like dark skin people, hating on light-skinned people you know what i mean like mm-hmm. stop trying to like you know it, it's it, it gets a little like villain edit and i don't think that dark people deserve that you know what i mean so just like yeah. i don't think that's necessarily happening here but i am a little like mm. i said antennas up about it right for sure i like the relationship interplays between people i think it's pretty interesting because even though we don't like <laughs> lakeisha savages 
relationship with Andre, it's still an interesting relationship dynamic in general, though. Mm-hmm. I think it's a weird one, but they have one. Um, and then obviously we have Diamond and um, Keyshawn, aka Little Miss Mississippi. We have Lil Murda and Uncle Clifford. We have Mercedes and her mom. Mercedes and the ankle bracelet guy. You know, there's just there's a lot to chew on between Gidget, those. I, I mean, we're not even there yet, but Gidget's boyfriend is the lead to the oxy, so like everybody is entangled with everybody. Exactly. And I also like the uh like you said too, like I like the fashion. Like I don't think anything seems you just have to consider the fact that they are strippers and they're but they're also strippers in like the south in a very clearly poor town. So I'm not expecting the fashions to be like Givenchy, Versace, yeah. Right too tacky to me i think i think everything feels in place like the stripper outfits i think mercedes and i think Keyshawn had the best mm-hmm. so if you had to give which we should have done the first but if you had to give these two episodes a grade a minus yeah wow this, this is our is first our, a this is our first a Woo! okay yeah definitely a minus for sure it was a brilliant pilot because the thing with pilots is not that you need to have like the most going on but it has to be enough that I'm like interested in watching it and clearly for me it was interesting enough that I binge watched like five episodes so yeah I even like I said like I even like the characters that I don't like I like I still want like even though Haley is a mess to me like I still want to see what she's doing yeah like I hate her but I love to hate her right I guess, who is your character on display for these first few episodes? I mean, Uncle Cl- I hate to give it to Uncle Clifford, but I feel like stepped on the scene in such a powerful way, showed that, you know, like the mother hen of the den, giving us looks, giving us one-liners, you know, getting a little murder out the closet. I feel like let's give it to Unc. Definitely, obviously, okay with also giving it to Uncle Clifford, particularly because... As far as characters on screen go, I haven't quite seen one like Uncle Clifford yet. Mm-hmm. I can't really describe it just yet, but she gives me a lot. She gives me a lot of what I need. It's layered. All her girls. Yeah. Yeah. She's 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 an onion, and we're peeling back the layers. And the thing is, is like her being gay is like not even relevant. Her character is so layered that that actually doesn't even matter. That's not even it one of the things you think doesn't of. even phase you. Yeah, and I love that they gave her a love interest because I feel like a lot of times too they don't give them a love interest and gave her a love interest that's like really into her. You mm-hmm. know what I mean? Like they also kind of like love to do that little like love hate love interest with with black gays and I hate that like no like give me somebody that actually gives a fuck about me like yeah like for for now Uncle Clifford is a closet freak but it seems as though if murder is to step out on the scene with any bitch it's gonna be Uncle Clifford I mean we'll see I mean we'll see if Uncle Clifford lets him really also Uncle Clifford like this character there's an interview where like the actor himself is saying that he's been like prepping for this role for years, like just like acting in this role. So it's like super, it's clear. It's like pretty mastered on his end. And it's like very much so method acting. And you can see that. 
Yeah. Uncle Clifford is Uncle Clifford. <laughs> like, starring as Uncle Clifford. That's how it feels. Like, this You know, I love to bring up my past, and I had a thespian past, and in my thespian past, I learned that you could tell a true actor when even their mannerisms change. It's like, shitty actors, their mannerisms, they have the same mannerisms, they'll act different and try to do different facials and different voices, but even the way like that actor walked in that video versus the way she walks on screen. Of course, you're playing two different characters, but the way he carries himself and even like the way when he like kind of got out of drag and he was like dressed as himself, he kind of like was more subdued in his like characteristic. It was just crazy to me. Like what an actor. Right. Love it. My only thing is I just want to know for my sake, and I'm going to do some investigations on it, how we should refer to Uncle Clifford. Yeah. And then also how to refer to Uncle Clifford as, like, the actual actor. You know, like... Mm, yeah. is Are we he, she? Are we they? Like, you know what I mean? Like, mm-hmm. obviously, I don't want to be offensive. But... And I like that, that that's... This is a character because that provokes this discussion. Yes. <laughs> so, yeah. Yeah. But, oh, you said theories for next week. Now, what sucks is we've already watched next week. But even if I hadn't watched next week... I'd really be looking for the number one storyline that's been pointed out to us is this whole no T, no ID and finding out about the promised land and what that means for the pink. So I would look for a lot of follow-up about that. And um, because we know Mercedes Sundays like are coming to an end, just kind of like closing her chapter and like, how does that look when she leaves? So those are the two things that I would want to be looking forward to. How about you? Uh, Yeah, I'd agree. Like, Obviously, listen, like Haley went home that night <laughs> and called that man. Like, mm-hmm. so she's already on trying to get that ID back because if she don't have the ID, she can't do the wire fraud. So, <laughs> <laughs> so clearly, um, it's it's to be expected to see that next week. Obviously, I want to see something progress with uh, Mercedes and her mom and this whole money because scam. I don't see how Mercedes doesn't think it's a scam. And obviously her mom is her, her one weakness. You know, she has FBI eyes for everybody, but for some reason she is um, unwilling to use those eyes on her mother. So, yeah. And I mean, there's no breaking news because it's not about Bravo and it's... I don't have any breaking news on this cast, do you? No. Breaking news list, but is this goodbye? Do I bet you farewell? Right, so we'll see you... Well, we'll see you guys tomorrow because we'll be covering episodes three and four. (laughs) And (laughs) bye. Adios. Ciao, Bella.